This is Drive Time Prop, 30 minutes jam-packed with news of the day from the perspectives of truth, liberty, and justice, separating out all the propaganda, agendas, and BS. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Today's top story is the continuing fallout from last week's reported shootings in El Paso and Daytona. That Dayton, Dayton, Ohio. The biggest thing for me is, as I hear all the stories coming out about we need uh, – the Democrats are criticizing Trump for not coming out strongly with gun control measures. They are not focusing on the stuff he is coming out with, which I've talked about earlier this week, crimes of the mind, mental illness, hatred, ideology, stuff like that. One of the things that the Democrats are asking for in regard to gun control measures is they want Mitch McConnell to call a summer session, an emergency session of the Senate to pass or vote on stuff that's already been passed by the Democrat-held Congress. And that makes sense to me because I had been wondering why this was happening in August, and I thought perhaps, like we had discussed that it was because that's when the people are at home and can be harassed personally in in personal presence. But it could be that they're trying to get a an emergency session where just like the Fed, the Federal Reserve was established in I believe a Christmas Eve vote where where very few people were still around to vote. Perhaps they're trying to get a vote where you just don't have many people there voting. So maybe hardcore Democrats come, maybe. It's a trick to get Republicans to not be there. Maybe it's to give Republicans cover by saying, hey, man, I'll put a million bucks in your campaign account if you just don't show up. <laughs> you know, So yeah. it's possible that that's what it's for. I don't know. It's an they, interesting one. Yeah. It's definitely an indivisible-driven tactic. I'm not sure what their ends on it is. but I get, well, They want they, to pass gun control law, laws, and if the Republican-controlled Senate – could not pass those laws if all the Republicans showed up because their voters would go bananas. But if they hold the vote, if Mitch McConnell makes a mistake and holds the vote, well, not enough Republicans are there, but all these hyper-devoted Democrats do show up, the Democrats would have a majority. So I But think I don't that's, know that they want to pass them, though. We talked yeah, yesterday because they don't want to give Trump a win, and that would be a win for their base if Trump were to uh, – you know, approve of it. Yeah. I mean, it may be that it may be, it may not. So I just, I'm just saying this is a possible argument because they, yeah. that, that was in the news today. Right. So the uh, other couple of things that relate to the shooting, there was stuff in the news today about the New York uh, Times Square in New York city, people running in a panic because of some noise they thought was a gunshot, but yeah. wasn't. This goes on the heels of some a couple of other things that we've talked about. One was the bulletproof backpacks reportedly flying off the shelves. The other thing was I had tweeted at you because we were talking about Gannett, that the Gannett or USA Today headquarters in Virginia had a false alarm man with a gun that panics people. And I didn't really know what this was all pointing to. But as I heard these stories in the news today – and I had already formulated in my mind, this is what we did episode four of the propaganda report on. It is the strategy of tension. It yeah. is – so American Gladio is the 
name that's been given to Islamic terror used to terrorize Americans if it's an inside job. Now they're switching their focus to, like the FBI is, for example, domestic terrorism. And the examples they've used have been fishy, in my opinion. So I have suspicions about this movement. And I'm, I would think this is American Gladio 2.0 domestic version. So the strategy of tension is very clearly what's going on here. It's certainly been uh, built up by the media, built up by the politicians. Is it an inside job or is it merely exploiting a crisis? I don't know, but that's definitely an element of what's going on. And then the last thing that has to do with that story that I noticed in the news today is the lawyers for the Crucius family, Patrick Crucius, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, is the alleged El Paso shooter. The, the lawyers for the family say that his mother called the Allen police to inquire into the details about her son's recent gun purchase, but she did not express alarm and she did not give her name or her son's name. So this is coming out of the mouths of supposedly the family's lawyers. Now, the police department said, we have a record of a few times that we have interacted with that family, and this is not one of those times. We have no record of this. And for that, the I assume, I could be wrong, but I assume that there are, if you call from a given number, even if you don't give your name, it goes into the file of that number, which is associated with this family. Yeah, that's curious. Yeah. I would think they would have to know the name of it because how could you get the gun, the purchase details, somebody else buying a gun without, if you're just anonymously calling someone? Well, the story is that the parents, the mother said, hello, Allen Police Department, my son bought an AK, okay. whatever. I, I have questions about this type of gun. Okay, thanks, bye. Okay, you I know, see. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. a weird, it's a weird idea in the first place. But you would say, oh well, it's the there's this is not an evidence at all. But since it's coming from the lawyers of the family, then I guess you know why would they lie? However, there are two other cases where the lawyers were a little bit out of control. So I think the lawyers are controlled. So in the San Bernardino case. The San Bernardino shooter with the iPhone encryption was the big story. That lawyer came out and said, wow, these people had nothing to do with that. They were not radicalized. This is crazy that they're being painted like this in the public. It, and now I, for the first time, am beginning to think that maybe stories of Sandy Hook having not being real or being a backstory or whatever could be true because – this is absolutely not what happened. And you never heard from those lawyers again for the family in San Bernardino, ever, ever, ever. Another lawyer who – a lawyer came out for the Miriam Carey case, the woman who was gunned down by the Capitol Police in Washington, D.C. with her baby in the backseat of the car. She uh, – her family got a lawyer who – seemed like a righteous dude. Then they found like he had a bankruptcy judgment or something that he owed some money to somebody. Maybe it was in dispute. I don't know. But they put him in jail, and they said every day you stay in jail, your fine is going to be $1,000 a day. So the longer he stayed in jail, the more impossible it would be to get out. It's almost like a debtor's prison. So by the end of a long weekend, it was like a holiday weekend, he came out, and he got out of jail. He totally changed his tune about what he was saying happened to Miriam Carey. I think he settled on behalf of the family. So I don't trust that these lawyers are truly representing what the family say. 
it seems bizarre, like why that fact would be important, almost as some sort of defense of the parents. I'm not sure why what the relevance of that fact is, but there is a relevance there. Otherwise, they wouldn't be telling us. Yeah, yeah. I'm waiting to hear what the other shoe is. I want to hear the other shoe drop. Yeah. You know, but that's just a that that yeah, it's Chekhov's gun. It's not in the news if it's yeah, not yeah, yeah. play <laughs> into the story. So what let's uh so that's all I have on that topic, that continuing topic. I have a lot of other headlines. How about you? Give us a headline. I got a couple story. to go to that. I want to say yeah. one comment on one of the things in in one of your stories. The backpacks being sold that are bulletproof. These backpacks have been featured at Office Depot for years. Every time I go in there, I see one. I'm like, man, those are kind of cool. I'd love to get one if they weren't so expensive. It's just interesting that they've been kind of pushed into the news lately, obviously because of the, the shootings are going on. But they're almost presented in a way as though it's a new thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I think it plays into this heightened sense they want to give us of the right. fact that everybody is on edge. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. and Venezuela and Uruguay issued a, a travel advisory against the United States because <laughs> of our gun laws, which totally oh echoes what you read to us out of the Sydney Herald, I think it was. Yeah. So. Don't yeah. they have no guns over there? Nobody has no guns. I think that they have gun control. Really intense gun control. Well, in Mexico, they have a zero gun policy. And yeah. Look what good that does. Well, yeah, I don't mean that it's effective. I just mean that. Yeah, yeah. I, and I and I'm also saying that they're that this stuff is not. I don't think it's organic. I think all of these stories, whether they're true or not, or events that are generated by governments or media or politicians. So yeah. the idea is that I'm conveying is that there's a strategy of tension underfoot and the afoot and underway. And these are examples of what's giving the impression of heightened panic. So perhaps when it goes to a vote in the Senate, they can vote in a frenzy and blame it on the frenzy later. Like every single person voted to invade Iraq or Afghanistan or whatever after 9-11, all the Democrats, all the, and they say, well, you, the, the, the atmosphere, it was impossible. We were all blah, blah, you know, that's, Uh, yeah, I see. I see what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. On top of that, and there's two stories that can fold into this, but four dead, two wounded in Southern California stabbings, a man who was full of anger, went on a two-hour stabbing and robbery rampage in Southern California, killing four people and wounding two others, authorities said. And then on a related note, there was one stabbing, and a man was killed in Pittsburgh, looks like about an hour ago. So two stabbing stories pop in on the heels of shootings that have been going on. I found that kind of interesting. Yeah, they do have knife control in China. Really? Mm-hmm. You have That's- to— to have a certain kind of knife, you have to be like a chef or something, and you have to have your name engraved in it. It might not be all over China, but the Uyghurs have to do it, like the the volatile regions. That is where it would go next, I would think, is if you're yeah, pushing sure. gun control. And, and in the yeah. UK, too. Aren't there a lot of stabbings in the UK since the guns have been kind of cleaned up over there? I have heard that anecdotally that different weapons get used or there's a lot more street crime because everyone knows nobody is armed so if you're right. strong you can just rob people yeah yeah people. on another related note to that to the shooting beto O'Rourke skipped a campaign stop so he so that he could uh 
go to a vigil for the Walmart shooting and hear chants of people saying, Beto, 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 as he showed up and mourned at the vigil. He's really using this to try and keep himself relevant in this campaign right now, which he he was flailing up until this shooting happened. Exploiting a crisis is the seems to be the tactic du jour of politicians, especially Democrats. And I don't put it past the Republicans, but the Democrats. Disgusting. Yeah, not cool. What do you got next? All right. So I thought you would enjoy this one. Les Wexner says that Epstein misappropriated $46 million from him. So Les Wexner (laughs) is the guy. So Jeffrey Epstein is in jail, Epstein 2.0. This is the PSYOP. I think the first time he got caught and he got out and got a super light sentence and things got cleaned up. There were a few bodies lying around after that. But recently, last year, the Miami Herald came out with this expose of all these previously unknown not true, totally known and reported by us, details of the Epstein case that got him arrested in New York again. We've gone through the details before. It's It really gets preposterous. But one of the elements that we talked about originally and that did come up in this Epstein 2.0 was that maybe he's really not such a billionaire after all. He only had one client, supposedly Les Wexner, who supposedly, or I, I, I think this is uh, – undisputed fact, I think, is that Wexner gave Epstein this residence in New York City, which was the most expensive and may still be residence in the city. And in my mind, all of this is to prop up Epstein's image as the super billionaire instead of the truth, which I think is he's basically a spy who was luring important people in with his girls to get information. And Wexner uh, is the guy who kind of gave him that financial cover. And now, as 2.0 rolls out, he's distancing hard. And he did disengage with him in 2007, supposedly. But it, only now is he coming out and making an accusation that has got to be over 10 years old about money that has disappeared. What year did he disengage with him? 2007. Oh, interesting. It said in the Wall Street Journal today. Yeah, I didn't investigate myself, and I normally would because I don't trust these facts always. But okay, yeah, th- there's some little Jeffrey Epstein pieces being leaked out here and there every day or so, and I think that we're going to be seeing another relatively big Epstein story coming around the bend soon. I don't think he's going to be going to prison for any extended period of time. In fact, I think it's more likely that it'll be a story that outrages people because of. Him getting off or him getting a slap on the wrist, some horrible injustice, I'm afraid. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, this, this I story not. is going somewhere. I mean, there's it's a definitely reason going for somewhere. it. Uh, okay, you got another one? I have one that I found interesting in the wake of the shootings because especially I was thinking back about the New Zealand shooting because this shooter talked about this a lot. And I was looking at the camera footage that they had of this shooter in the Walmart, and it looks like he's the Slender Man or something because you can't see his face. It's like the worst camera that's ever existed. And so I saw this story at the Brookings Institute that said, when battlefield surveillance comes to your town, all seeing 24-7 video surveillance technology first developed for use in war is now affordable enough to be used domestically to fight crime and terrorism. Over a period of three months in 2016, a small aircraft circled above the same parts of West Baltimore that so recently drew the – was it ear? Ire. Ire. Thank you. 
ire of President Trump. Irate. I think it's irate. Uh, yeah. The root of irate. Operated by a company called Persistent Surveillance Systems, the plane was equipped with t 12 cameras, which at 8,000 feet could take in, in 32 square miles of city in minute detail. Militarization of the police. They're yes. using this domestic terrorism as a way to bring what they have previously said they only use in foreign countries, which in itself is even less is even less excusable that we have lower standards for when we operate illegally in other countries, but whatever. And listen to this part of it. Across 300 hours of flight time, the system captured 23 shootings, five of them fatal. In some instances, the, de the detectives could use the 192-megapixel God's-eye view to trace suspects to their gateway cars, then rewind to points when those cars had passed in front of one of the city's 744 closed-circuit cameras. My Hold question on. is – Yeah, uh, what's your question? I, why don't we have better cameras, better shots of these oh, shootings? Everywhere, all the time? Yeah, yeah. everywhere. Oh, and why are always the videos that you do see cut at the beginning of the end so that you have absolutely no idea what the context was? Right. So tell me again, how many hours resulted in how many shootings? 300 hours of flight time. It captured 23 shootings, five of them fatal. And this is That's in Baltimore. Virtually impossible to believe. So in 300 hours, mm -hmm. so that's what, 12 days maybe? There's 23 shootings, so it's two a day, two per day, which would be an average, let's say, of 700-plus in the city per year, all of which took place outside. That's what or it sounds like. through roofs. Well, you know, it might see through roofs. That's a good question. I know that they have cameras that can see through walls. I don't right. know. Is that what they're saying? I, I doubt that. Yeah, I don't think they're saying that. It doesn't so I specify. think they're basically saying that. If I did my very, very quick math correctly, there are 700 shootings yeah. a year that, you know, uh, if you prorate this, they're saying that that thing captured 700 shootings. Okay, and only five of them were fatal? Okay. So it was 700 shootings, not murders, but I don't know. It seems unlikely. But, of course, that's Baltimore where I predicted a major surge in crime after – the government assured people that policing would pull back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is a short one. Searsha Kennedy was laid to rest, I guess, yesterday. I don't know. The story was in the news today. And I just would suggest it's a what to watch out for that RFK, who's been taking so much heat for his questioning the safety or – efficacy or I don't know what his vaccine question is, but it's just questions. Maybe he's just a um, health freedom advocate. I don't know. But I just wonder if now he will change his focus from vaccines to opioids. People had tried to get him away from the vaccine thing. People in his family appealed to him. It reminds me of Travis Kalanick. They couldn't get him to step down from Uber. And then when his mother tragically died, it did do the trick. So I wonder if this tragedy will refocus rfk to the opioid epidemic it's definitely one to keep an eye on for sure yep okay didn't so his his niece right it's died his niece. Of the opioid yes, yes. it's his niece correct that uh wexter he's the is he the guy who owns victoria's secret yes That's and he made his original money from i believe the limited those stores in the mall yes i remember that the limited so by coincidence happens to be all like 
the limited is for teens, teen yeah. girls, and Victoria's Secrets for. I mean, it's pretty racy, but anyway, okay, it's keep for going. Slightly older girls. Well, I'm not sure. I mean, it appeals to those girls. They they all true. want it. Okay, all right, you next, and then I got tons more. Well, everybody's celebrating International Cat Day today. <laughs> Cats release some sort of like pheromones that mind control their owners. So beware if you have a cat. Is that true? Yes. That, that would is explain true. a lot. Okay. That's, that's so like health just... makes people become cat people. You know, those cat ladies? It yeah, makes yeah. people want more and more cats. Wow. That is really interesting. So M Cat Ultra. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if they if they I'm sure the government's studying it. So, uh, so I've got more headlines. Should I kind of yeah, rapid fire it. that? Rapid fire. JJ Boogie tweeted us a story from Quillette about how Russia was behind the JFK assassination conspiracy theory that oh the God. assassination was an inside job. Everything is Russia. Russia, Russia, Russia. But I mean to go back, you know, and uh, because for a while there they pinned it on Russia, but that didn't stick. They pinned the JFK assassination on Russia. Tomorrow it's going to be the Lincoln assassination conspiracy theories have been fueled by Russia. Yes, yes. I didn't even know there were conspiracy theories around that until re fairly recently. All right, let me yeah. keep going. All right, ice raids. Uh, there are unprecedented ice raids at poultry manufacturing facilities, not Tyson or Purdue, I noticed. So perhaps there's a little uh, – Horse trading, chicken trading up at the top before this thing came down. I don't know, but the story, and it was quite hilariously presented when I heard it on some cable news. It was, they, they gave the story and then the reporter paused and articulated too clearly on this first day of school for these raids, children are being separated from their parents. <laughs> I don't. I don't laugh because it's sad. It's what goes on at the border. Just these talking points are relentless. And I wonder why. Whose bright idea it was to do it on the first day of school? Nobody noticed that that would be right observed and commented I mean, if, upon. If I'm a kid, I'm going. Don't leave me at school. You're separating me from my parents. Let me go back home. Right, or deport me so I don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> school can be torture. Uh, okay, next story, Rod Blagojevich. He, he's one of those guys like um, Conrad Black. Now, Conrad Black, I think, did nothing wrong. We covered his story recently. President Trump pardoned him. He went to jail for a long time for something he really did not do. It was really a crazy story. Putting him in jail bankrupted his company. A lot of shareholders lost a value. It was just a terrible thing, and this is a guy I have absolutely no sympathy for as a person. He was high-level CFR. He's like a lord or something. It's just real establishment guy who I'm sure has lived by the sword and then died by it, or I, I wouldn't be surprised. Similarly, Rod Blagojevich, who was the Illinois governor, who was famously caught on tape or wiretap saying, Obama wants to pick who takes his place in the Senate. He's got to pay for it, just like everybody else. He knows that. So the way I read it is Obama's people were trying to subvert the political process by pressuring this guy to do something political that it was in his purview to do. He pushed back by saying, everybody knows how it works. You don't get that for nothing. Come on. 
Now, Bogoyevich was absolutely crooked in other ways, too. There's some funny business with his father-in-law and all this kind of stuff. So I'm not sympathetic towards him, but the way this went down, his sentence, the fact that he was denied parole, I think it was, all the things that went into him serving a 14-year sentence for this really is unprecedented. And Trump is saying, well, I probably, you know, he's saying just that basically. And he's saying, I'm going to commute this guy's sentence. And the way it's being reported is that Trump had this guy on The Apprentice, like they're in bed together, even though Blagojevich was a Democrat. Not that that would make Trump not his friend, but I'm just saying they're, they're, they're presenting it as being like an inside job when in reality it is an outrage. But I mean, maybe that's why he's, he's, uh, playing into it. And the other thing is, here's the article today in the journal says, the U.S. attorney who oversaw the prosecution of Mr. Blagojevich, Patrick Fitzgerald, is a friend and former Justice Department colleague of James Comey, who was FBI director until Mr. Trump fired him in May 2017. Uh, it was the same gang, the Comey gang, and all these sleazebags that did it, Mr. Trump said Wednesday night about Mr. Blagojevich's prosecution. Now, I, who knows what the larger context of that quote was, yeah. but the article ends with Mr. Blagojevich appeared on Mr. Trump's Celebrity Apprentice reality show in 2010. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which is – so anyway, that so that's a story. I think we have a little more time. I've got a few more stories. I've got a Go couple yeah. that oh, fold in oh. together. It's an update from a story a few days ago. I had ago. to think the cat story had to be your last. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I'll throw that in the middle to lighten it up a little bit. I see. I didn't – so I didn't mean to step on your turn. Okay, go. What a protest in Hong Kong looks like when pro-democracy marchers lose their fear of police. And then uh, another related one, Hong Kong demonstrators use laser pointers in anti-government protest. I really think that this is going somewhere. I think it's something to keep an eye on. I think they're signaling for what the resistance over here to, to do. I think they're, these are behavioral modeling being put in the news for the resistance over here. And ideas, that laser pointer exactly. thing. I never thought yeah. of that. And this thing about the yeah. police, pro-democracy marchers when they lose their Unafraid. fear of police, every yeah. protest we see – on TV here, it always shows the protesters facing off with the police. And here, this is promoting protesters losing their fear of police and moving forward with protests. So, And that is a theme for Antifa, right? Right. So the protests in Hong Kong, I, I think the people who organize these kinds of operations, the National Endowment for Democracy, is – funded by the deep state or whatever there's like a clear there's yeah. lots of evidence for that like i don't think anybody disputes that it's a basically a, a, a an extension of the u.s government they are according to ron paul institute behind these protests in hong kong with probably a purpose of or the stated purpose according or the presumed purpose is that they want to slow down the integration of hong kong and china by stopping this extradition law among other things, I'm sure, and then, but I wouldn't put it past them to have more than one purpose, such as yeah. modeling behavior and spinning the news. Certainly, they're going to spin the news to have those kind of 
benefits to the people who want to promote certain behaviors. Absolutely, and because it's being reported over here to us like so frequently, every day I'm seeing more and more stories about this, which just might – we don't hear about protests in other countries unless there's a reason, unless they want to signal or, or affect our public opinion in some certain way as well, and – I just find it interesting that it's it's starting to come as more. They're, the Chinese officials are warning protesters against a color revolution. All these trigger words that we heard in the past, you know. Yeah, yep. George Soros's famous color mm-hmm. revolutions. Yeah. All right. I guess the last story I uh, we have time for, I think, is uh, and it kind of relates to the, to the shootings for sure. Is that Walmart is being pressured to stop selling guns and ammo? Part of the pressure is coming in the form of corporate employee walkouts. This, to me, is piling on to the demands that Walmart increase their their wages. All of this stuff, Walmart says, will hit their bottom line hard. At the same time, I think they've made noise that they are increasingly trying to automate, and I feel like they are going to perhaps cut their workforce substantially as they roll out some automation and they're going to blame the workers themselves. They're going to blame other people for what they wanted to do in the first place, which is adopt technology, which I would say in a normal free market, I don't care at all, but our government takes our tax dollars and greatly, greatly accelerates, subsidizes technology advancements that would not happen in, in the, a, an economy where the private sector balances labor and capital according to the availability and marginal cost of labor and capital. So this is artificial. It's it's a way for research funding, government funding to promote corporations and technology at our expense. So we're paying for it, and then we lose our jobs. And then you have Andrew Yang saying we have to have UBI because of the robots. How long until we start seeing militarized-looking robots patrolling stores like Walmart – Maybe, yeah. Who knows what kind of weapons? Actually, I called that as a as a what to watch out for this year, a couple of years ago, that you would start seeing armed guards at very normal places, and then you did start seeing them at banks. And I guess I'm still waiting for what's next there. Well, you can find your drive time prop every day at 4 p.m. on thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform. We will talk to you guys next time.